Amen. Thank you. Hayden, if you could take these down with you, please. Thank you. Brilliant. It's wonderful what God is doing all over the world. Amen. All across the nations, there is a momentum. Uh, there, is, there is something happening in the atmosphere. And God is mobilizing his people to see some souls saved, to see his kingdom advance. And the beautiful thing is, we all get to be a part of it. Amen. We all are a part. Not few, not a few gifted. We're all anointed and that's all it takes. Amen. So let's do this together. Well, I've got something I believe is prophetic in nature this morning, as should every Sunday be. Uh, because every time we wait on the Lord uh, for a Sunday morning, for a message, for, for whatever, even if it's midweek, we say, Lord, what is it that you have for us to hear this morning? And I believe there's something God has for us to hear this morning. Ever since I knew, well, I mean, I put the thing together, but I was planning for my date. I had the scripture uh, in my mind, and I start with that. That's how I do my sermon prep. It's a scripture that comes to me, and I say, okay, Lord, how do I build from the scripture? What is what is it? Because every scripture can have different angles uh, that relate to us. Uh, but I'm going to put up a slide uh, to see if you can guess where we're going with this this morning. So if you could have the first slide up this morning. That's it. Just leave it there. Anyone kind of remembers this illustration? A lot of us have grown up with this story. I remember some of our parents telling, it, telling us the story. Don't put your hands in the cookie jar. But it had a different meaning. What do you think this picture is trying to tell us? It could tell us a lot of things. What do you think? Come on, just for a minute. Yep. Let go. Eat more bananas. Genesis 21.1. We're just staying on the slide for a while because... Sometimes a picture helps us remember the message that God wants us to take away uh, in that moment. The one verse that was on my mind and my heart and my spirit was Genesis 12, 1, where the Lord said to Abraham, Abraham, go from your country, your people, and your father's house to the land that I will show you. That was the verse I had. Another version would say, Leave your father's house in order to go where I'm taking you, to the land that I'm promising you. And absolutely right, as Beulah pointed out, the one thing that the Lord laid on my heart for us today, perhaps for someone, perhaps for some of us uh, as individuals, perhaps for us corporately sometimes, let go in order to embrace what lies ahead. Let go of what you're holding on to, because as you know the illustration, the monkey wanted to be free. He recognized that I want to be free, but he didn't want to let go of what he was holding on to. And that was the reason he was stuck there, because he wasn't willing to let go to move to the next season. And I put down in the next slide one statement that I want us to go back with. It's a, perhaps a little short, a short little reflection this morning. To embrace what God has ahead of us, Many a times he wants us to first let go of what we are holding on to of the past and perhaps sometimes of the present. 
I think the key word is first. First, let go. I like to be in both zones sometimes. Lord, I wish I knew where I'm going to beforehand. Then it'll make it easier for me to let go. But over the years, I've realized in my case, and then as I talk to different people, it seems like it's the same case. The Lord says, I want you to trust me enough first to let go of what you've been holding on to. And then I'll reveal to you or take you into your next season. And say, I say, Lord, this is so unfair. I wish I had a glimpse. I wish I had an idea. But that's why I said perhaps it's a prophetic word for some of us this morning. That a lot of times the Lord would first say, let go before you possess what I have for you. And the letting go could mean a lot of things to different people. I put down a few over here just as some, li- some points to jog our mind. Perhaps past disappointments. And the Lord would say, perhaps you're holding on to disappointments of the past. And that's clouding how you think about your future. Because all you've been used to are disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. Anyone been there? I've been there. I've been there. I've been there. And because my life was surrounded by disappointment after disappointment after disappointment, all I expected about anything I went into, whether it was my future, whether it was a job, whether it was a friendship, whether it was a ministry, I always thought, this is not going to last. My mind already was still living on what I was used to, a past disappointment. And the Lord had to break that in order for me to embrace my future. It could be past disappointments. It could be unmet dreams and expectations. Unmet dreams and expectations. Let me tell you this. And we had a prophetic word a few Sundays ago where the Lord was saying, give unto me the picture that you have painted for your life. Because I have a different picture that I have painted for your life. Anyone remember that? And sometimes we grow up or we put in our minds a picture that we want to see happen. And we, we grow up working ourselves, aiming at that one end result, that one outcome that we think that is it. That's what it's meant to look like. Till the Lord says, actually, that was never my plan. That was never what I ever had. But you built that up over the years. And because of that expectation, you're missing out on everything else because all you're looking at is that one single route, that one single outcome, that one single way in which you think I'm going to work. And so unmet dreams and expectations for the present and for the future. Mindsets. At times the Lord would say we would need to let go of mindsets that we've developed over the years. Again, like I said, for me it was a mindset of defeat. A mindset of, I'm not good enough. A mindset of, it's going to end badly. And so let me not get my expectation up because I've been hurt enough to know better that if I get my expectations up, it's going to be crushed again. And mindsets. And because of our mindsets, we're not able to move fully and sometimes take steps of faith because we have mindsets that are clouding our whole lives. And so... What is it this morning that the Lord is saying, I want you to let go off in order for you to embrace what I have ahead of you? Sometimes experiences, I always say this, just because I've had a few 
bad experiences in a certain area, I don't create a philosophy that that's going to always be the case. Now, some of us may have had bad experiences with church. Anyone there? Put your hands up. Yeah. A lot of us have had bad experiences. But because we've had bad experiences with church, we don't create a doctrine saying for the rest of my life, church is going to be bad to me. You see, we can have a mindset created because of what we've been experiencing exposed to and what we've experienced and because of those mindsets because of those experiences because of the things that we've allowed now to creep into ourselves we're not walking in the freedom of what lies ahead of us and this morning the lord is saying listen it's a new day i want to break what's been holding you all along i want you to walk in the newness as a pastor i've had expectations of how church needs to look like and how church needs to go because I've been used to a certain way. I've been used to a certain style. I've been used to a certain format. And because I thought that was the best way, that was my expectation that when I became a pastor, this is how church should look like. Till the Lord said, Chris, your expectation or the picture you've built up is stopping you from moving in what I have for you, which is far better. Or for the church. And so all kinds of things. Sometimes our tradition Sometimes our upbringing, sometimes our temperament, sometimes our style contributes to holding on to things that are not necessarily true or not necessarily applicable for the next season of our life. That's why the Bible says new wine means new wineskins. We can sometimes live with an old wineskin Holding on to that because that's the only way we've known it to work. That's the only way I've been used to. And the Lord is saying, let go in order to embrace what I have for your future. Now let me tell you, letting go isn't easy. <laughs> Good news. Letting go isn't easy, guys. It's painful. At times, not only is it painful... At times, it doesn't make sense. Letting go doesn't make sense at times. Why? Again, I put down a few reasons. There's an uncertainty of what the future can look like. Because I haven't seen what the future looks like, I'm afraid to let go because I don't know what it's going to look like. And so, I'm holding on because sometimes, remember the statement, it's easier to hold on than to let go. It's easier to hold on to the familiar than to let go and embrace what's unfamiliar. I, 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 I'll share a few of my own stories as we go along. But because I was so afraid of taking risks in life. Risks is another word for faith when God says do something. Because I was fearful of the outcomes that I'd faced in my past. I was afraid of taking big steps of faith. What if it doesn't work? I didn't know the future. And so uncertainty of what the future looks like and could look like makes us afraid of letting go. Fear of losing what you think made and makes you happy. Does that make sense? A fear of losing what you think made and makes you happy. Perhaps a relationship. And the Lord is saying, I want you to let go of this relationship because it's not good for you. But because you think that's the relationship that made me happy in the first place. Lord, why are you saying t you're taking this away from me? This is all I've known. This However bad or harmful or hurtful this may have been. Lord, this is all I've known. I'm comfortable in this. It could be a relationship. 
It could be a lifestyle. It could be a habit. But we are afraid of losing what we thought made us happy. And the Lord says, now I've got something better for you. <laughs> that which made you happy wasn't the best deal for your life. Because we think what we are holding on to is God's best for us. <laughs> hey, anyone been there? This is the best I think you have for me. When the Lord says, no, that was actually second best. And sometimes I would say, Lord, I'm sure you didn't bring me through all this. That's part of this story. To say, let it go right now. Doesn't make sense, Lord. Anyone been there as well? Well, I didn't think you'd ask me to invest four years of my life, in my case, doing engineering, which I hated from day one, or walking into college. Lord, I'm sure you didn't make me do four years of this when, when I'm not going to be using it for the rest of my life. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. And, but we're holding on to it because we've had that experience. And we think, no, if that brought me to where I am, I'm sure God didn't bring me here to say, now let it go. But at times God does. At times God does. And it doesn't make sense at that moment. <laughs> Somewhere down the line you realize, wow, now I realize why he took me through that and also why he said, let it go, time up for that particular phase, that particular mindset, that particular habit, that particular relationship, that particular pursuit, because I have something better for you. Amen? So I put down very quickly, how do we let go? Because it's hard. Letting go. And I, at the end of this, I'm going to pray, Lord, show us areas in our life that you're challenging us this morning to let go of. An expectation. This is the kind of life I've always dreamt of living. And the Lord says, perhaps that was not my plan for you. My plan was to settle in Goa for the rest of my life. And if that didn't work, go to New Zealand. That, that's exactly where Lyra and I were before the Lord said, I'm taking you to Britain. And when I heard that, initially it was, what all the few years of our marriage we've been planning for this. In fact, my papers were with a very close friend of mine in New Zealand, who I met in Bible school in 1997. We became good friends. And he said, Chris, I'm an immigration agent in New Zealand. Wow. He said, all you need to do is send me your papers. In a year's time, you'll be here. And guess what? I'm also an AOG pastor. I'll even get you a job. Now, that was like a dr dream come true. Words from heaven. But the Lord told us, let it go. Let it go. And so I don't know what is it this morning that the Lord would say, let go. That you've been holding on to for many, many years thinking it's the Lord, but perhaps it's been you. Or perhaps it's been the Lord for that season. And the Lord says, you're still living in that past season when I've got a new season for you. And you're holding on to stuff that doesn't need to be there. But how is it that we can let go when it's so difficult? Number one, we first let go in our hearts before we let go in the natural. Very important. Let go in our hearts before we let go in the natural. It's very hard to let go of stuff on the inside. How many of you know that? There are times we may let go, we may do an action on the outside, but on the inside we are still holding on. Oh, the onions and the garlic in Egypt were so good. I know we've left that place, but listen, I'm still living with regret. What if that relationship worked out? Would I have been where I am today? 
What if that, that place that I was hoping to live in worked out? Would I have been? And a lot of times we're living with those regrets. Then the Lord is saying, I want you to let that go. It's a new season. Don't think about the onions and the garlic and all that. Because if that's meant for you, God will bring it to you. But the, whole, the first thing is letting go of stuff in our heart. Of course, at the end, you, you'll realize we're coming to a place by saying, who lives in our heart? God. When God lives in my heart, I'm willing then to let go anything for Him because I want my entire heart to be only filled with Him and Him alone. No room in my heart for anything else. You see? When there's no room in my heart for anything else but God, it's easier to let go. Easier to let go of offenses. Easier to let go of hurts and wounds and pains. Easier to let go of people who've offended us. Easier to let go of those mindsets that we've developed that it's never going to happen to me because that's the way it's always been. Now God is filling my heart completely. And so I'm willing to let go because he's filling my heart. Let go in our hearts. Abraham had to let go of Isaac in his heart before he actually took the action. How many of you know that? He wasn't a robot that boom, the Lord said, and he jumped up. I'm sure that night was a difficult one. That night was a difficult one. Because he, had to let, he knew what he was about to do. But he had to deal with that in his heart first. Then the action becomes easy. A lot of times people say, Chris, I'm finding it hard to break this lifestyle. I'm finding it hard to break this relationship. Listen, we're not saying do the action first. We're first saying deal with the issue in the heart. In the heart. And that's why we need the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit helps us with issues of the heart. He's able to come in and say, yep, I can bring healing where you're going to feel that pain. But right now the Lord is saying, what is it in your heart that's still there, lodged, when he's saying, I want to take that away. I want to do a surgery and pluck that root because that memory, that thought, that whatever it's lodged in there is causing you to still stay stuck in the past. And even though you may try and make actions that seem like you've moved on, it's still playing in your heart, your mind, your spirit. And so we're saying, Lord, first of all, deal with me about letting go of things in my heart before I'm able to let go in the natural. You with me this morning? Number two, this is, in fact, this is very important. How do we let go? I'm going to remind us of the picture we have. It says, I put down, let go of the picture we paint in our own wisdom and our own capacity and our own experience based on how we want to see God work. I don't know how many times I've had to recalibrate myself. Recalibrate. Because I would think this is the way it's going to happen. This is the way. And the Lord says, that was you, Chris. That wasn't me. And when I had to let go of my stuff, let me tell you, it was difficult. And I would think, God, I thought that's the way you were going to work. That's, and a very beautiful story came to my mind when I was preparing this. How many of you know the story of Naaman in the Old Testament? Naaman, the guy who was healed of leprosy. Now let me read this for you. Let me read this. This is very interesting because this is the key for some of us this morning. I'm reading 2 Kings 5, a few verses. It says, now Naaman was commander of the army of the king of Aram. He was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier, but he had 
leprosy. And again, we could build a whole different, you know, teaching around this. He had everything going for him but that one thing. But that deep, unmet expectation. Lord, you bless me so much, but that one thing is still gnawing at me. Why haven't you answered that? Why haven't you given me breakthrough in that one area? So he had this one issue, like a lot of us sometimes could have, that one thing. And verse 2, it says, Now bands of raiders from Aram had gone out and had taken captive a young girl from Israel, and she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, If only my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. So Naaman was excited. He went to his master and told him what the girl from Israel had said. So he went to his king and said, Listen, this girl says, Go to that place, that prophet in that place that we've conquered, And that prophet is going to heal me. And so the king says, by all means, by all means, go. The king of Aram replied, I will send you a letter to the king of Israel. Listen, everything is stacking up. And the guy must be saying, God's in this. Look at the signs. Everything is falling into place. I need a healing. I go to my king and say, give me permission to go. Not only does he give me permission, but he says, I'll even give you a letter. Hey, Lord, you're speaking so clearly. All the signs are adding up. You're confirming, this is the person I need to marry. Lord, this is the place I need to be working in. Lord, this is the ministry I need to be. All the signs are adding up. But look what happens over here. Interesting. Because sometimes we look at the signs and we think, this is it. Isn't it? All the signs are positive. Everything is positive in this case. But look at what happened. So... In fact, so Naaman left taking with him 10 talents of silver, 6,000 shekels of gold, and 10 sets of clothing, and all the stuff he would go to bless the, the prophet with. The letter that he took to the king of Israel said, with this letter, I'm sending my servant Naaman to you so that you may cure him of his leprosy. I'm moving forward to verse 9. There's a little of issue there, but he go, gets back on track. So Naaman went with his horses in verse 9 and chariots and stopped at the door of Elijah's house. Wow, after all these years, here is my miracle. I've, he- I've had that one thing that I've been battling with, that, un- that unmet expectation. Lord, when are you going to answer this for me? Lord, when are you going to give me a breakthrough in this area? Lord, when are you going to make the dots connect in this aspect of my life? And suddenly, it all seems to be happening. And not only is the prophet of God there, The king, it says, go with my letter. All the signs are positive, but look at what happens. Verse 10, Elisha sent a messenger to say to him, go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan and your flesh will be restored and you will be cleansed. So the prophet does his bit. He says, I want you to go and wash yourself in the river and you will be healed. Look at what happens. Look at how Naaman reacts. Verse 11 is very important. I should have put it on screen. It says, but Naaman went away angry. You say, Chris, why? Why? I mean, everything's brought him to this moment of breakthrough. He's been, he's been seeing the signs. The confirmation was there that this is the journey, this is the path I need to go to. Why is he angry when the prophet is saying, I'm giving you a miracle? This is why. He says, but Naaman, Naaman went away angry and said, I thought that he would surely come out to me. And stand and call on the name of the Lord his God. Wave his hand over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. (laughs) Naaman had a picture in his mind as to how it should have panned out. He was on the verge of his breakthrough. 
But he didn't realize that he painted a picture of how God should work when God said, my ways are higher than your ways. And a lot of times we can miss out on what God has for us because we have a picture in our mind how God, I, this is how I want you to work in my life. This is the person I want you to endorse in my life. This is the job I want you to endorse because I call the shots, not you. Anyone been there? I've had those moments and God had to say, Chris, not your will, but mine be done. And the guy missed his healing. But thanks be to God for restoration. He had another chance. But how many times in our lives we miss God's best because we are holding on to a certain way in which either we are used to doing things, we're used to God working, we're used to a certain format, we're used to a certain lifestyle, and God is saying, my ways are different. If you would choose first to find out what is my wisdom in this area of your life, rather than say, God, this is the box, and I want you to work within this framework. Hey, makes sense, isn't it? Makes sense to Swan. Makes sense to all of us. That God is saying, listen, at times you've got to let go in order to embrace what lies ahead. And like I can, I can tell you in my life, I've had to let go so many times, so many things. Because I thought that's the way it should be. That's the way God works. That's the, that's the theology of how it's, it's meant to be. And listen, sometimes we can rewrite the Bible with our context. We can rewrite God's principles with our expectations. We can rewrite the faith that we were supposed to walk on when God said, this is the prescribed pattern. You with me this morning. That's why as a church, we've got to be careful. We don't walk down a philosophy that's, that's current with the world's philosophy and say, God, now you fit into this box. No. God has a prescribed way for everything. One way. Let me... Let me I never put that in my notes. But let me say that to you. A lot of times you may think God has multiple ways for a particular area in your life. He's got the one way. But because of his grace, he allows us sometimes to do the multiple ways. But sometimes it's with a lot of pain. And a lot of, Lord, I wish I listened to you in the first place. And just stuck to that plan. Like Abraham was told, listen, I'm going to give you a, a son. And then he, had a, he thought God, God wasn't capable enough for bringing that promise to pass. And so he put, put, some, put some action to the promise until today the world is in pain. That makes any sense. What am I sharing with us this morning? The Lord is saying, let go in order to embrace the fullness of what he has ahead of us. Maybe a lifestyle, a lifestyle where we are in both camps. I want a little bit of the world, and I want a little bit of God, and I want God to do, bless me. But Naaman went away angry. Angry. Why didn't he do it this way? I thought the pastor would lay his hands on my head with five fingers, not four, and then God would heal me. Listen, God has his way. I have to repaint my picture in my mind based on his picture. We've got to repaint our picture of how church should look. But all of us sitting here have an opinion of how church should run. And if we have to throw it open, what's the thing we use? 
what's that software we use? Kahoot. And we get 25 different options. This is how church should look like, guys. All those 25 will have subscribers. We need to know what is God saying. And then rather than stomp away angry and say, no, this is not for me because this is not the way I do church. Listen, you'll miss your blessing. We'd rather realign ourselves and saying, let's trust what God is doing. It may be alien to us. It may not be in our comfort zone. It may, not, it may mess with our theology or our secular mind theology. But Lord, if you're doing something, help me to align myself to what you are doing. If not like Naaman, we can miss the mark, miss the blessing. But of course, the good part is God gives everybody a second chance. I thank God he's given me many chances, even as a pastor. Amen? Because we all can miss the mark from time to time. But this morning he's encouraging all of us. What is it that we need to let go of in order to embrace the future? I've had people sit with me sometimes. I mean, in my role now, I sit with a lot of people. Chris, God promised me this 20 years ago that I would be doing this in the ministry. And I would be doing that in the ministry. And sometimes I say, can you make this one change first? And it's so hard for them to make that one change. And they're wondering, why is it that I'm still going round and round and round and round and round for all these years? Because God's ways are higher than our ways. Moving very quickly forward. So number one, we let go first in our hearts before we let go in the natural We let go of the picture we paint of how God needs to work and embrace his picture. Listen, two more things. Letting go means saying, I am not in control. God, you are. That's what letting go means. God, you are in control. Like I said earlier, some of the fears, Lord, what if I let go of this person? What if I let go of this of this lifestyle? Is it going to harm me? Am I going to be left lonely? Am I going to be insecure? And the Lord says, no, trust me. I'm, I'm saying, Lord, you are in control. Because sometimes seeing things go the way we want it to go makes us feel in control. Isn't it? Makes us feel that I've got my hand on this one. But sometimes the Lord says, listen, I want to be in control. You may not, you may not even have a clue as to what's going on. But are you willing to trust me? Letting go means saying, not my will, but yours be done. I still remember, and uh, most of you would know this story. You know, I, one of my dreams was to get well-educated growing up in, in, in the circumstances and challenging uh, climate we have in India. You know, either you have a, a godfather who makes the way for you with, with some connections and uh, references and all that. Or you've got to just trust God, their father, and fight your way through. And one of the things for me was to finish, was to finish my engineering. It was very, wasn't easy. My dad had to take a loan to pay for my education. Uh, and so, and like I said, I, I just felt as I started, that wasn't meant for me. But hey, I had to still do it. Because that was for me the right thing to do at that point of time. Because that would mean I would get a job and circumstances would change. We'd have a life. And all that stuff. And I worked very, very hard for those four years despite it not being my cup of tea. I knew I was more better with people than with wires. 
And so, but I had to do that for four years, sacrificed, worked very hard, late nights, studying, practicing, did, did well in all my exams. And uh, we have eight semesters over four years. And semester seven is, is one of the toughest, and seven, semester eight is the easiest, okay? I did super well in semester seven, like I did all my previous years. And everyone said, Chris, you're all set now for your life to change. Because eight is like a breeze. Everyone, everyone does well in semester eight. And so this is it. You've cracked semester seven. You're on the top three toppers in the college. People are going to come to the campus to recruit you as soon as semester eight is over. And I knew this. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. You helped me go through these four years of my intense rigorous education and my life is going to turn around forever and semester eight was over and in those days you go to the college to see your names on the on the board it wasn't digital like it is today and so all of us excited that morning you know my parents I'm the only child so that meant a lot uh, to the family as well and so I go there thinking listen I cracked semester eight top three I'm either one or two now in semester eight because that's how well I did my exams. I was confident on the inside. I really did well by the grace of God. And I go there to find my name was not on the list. And I was among the three students out of about 300 or 400 in that college in that year who failed my semester eight. And the way things go, if you fail one exam in any one semester, you're ruined. <laughs> they don't take into account that you've done well in the previous seven. Even one, that's the end of the world. Money's here. He knows how it works in India. You can imagine my world collapsed. I sat there with my head in my arms. I'm the guy witnessing to everyone around me right through the four years, telling them about Jesus, telling them how my God is going to give me a good job and everything. And here, these guys did so well, and I'm one of the three who's failed. And I'm sitting there broken hearted, wondering, Lord, why did you let this happen? Did you make me sacrifice four years of my life, hard work, no friends, no parties, no nothing, but focused because this was my ticket to change my life? And did you allow me to witness to everybody about you and look at where I am sitting here while everyone's celebrating, phoning their families, telling them they've cleared, finished engineering? I remember after about Half an hour, 40 minutes, I said these words aloud to the Lord. Because by then, most had cleared off. We had just few people in the college left. I said, Lord, if this can ever bring glory to your name, I'm going to accept it. That's the only way I'm going to accept it. That somewhere down the line, as much as it doesn't make sense right now, because my whole world is over, technically. The loan that my dad had to pay back is gone. It's nothing wasted. The thousands of rupees. Lord, if this can ever bring glory to your name, I'll take it. I don't know how many times in my life I've had to make that prayer statement again and again. Because not only was it in that time, I encountered so many situations that never made sense. But because I was able in that first big blow I've ever had as a, as a youngster, to say, Lord, if this is ever going to bring glory to your name, I will accept it. I learned what it meant to let go. Let go. Let go. Pain, disappointment, heartache, 
Why did you allow this, God? And rather than try and fix it ourselves, say, Lord, over to you. I had to learn that as well. Because I, tr- I would try to fix things once they were messed and think, if God, didn't, if God didn't bless me in this, I'll fix it. I'll fix it. And I realized I would make matters even worse. But I'd rather let it go at that time and say, Lord, what would you want me to do now that this has happened? And it's amazing because I failed that year. Suddenly my mind that was so switched into getting a job in engineering changed. Momentary, I was able to consider other options. Not only did that open the door for me to go to Singapore to do my Bible, col- my Bible college, because if I had got a job and I'd passed, I wouldn't have gone. Because that's what I was aiming for. That was what I was working hard for. But because I failed, I could, go, <laughs> I could go and do Bible college. And that was difficult anyway, because I was trying to fight hard and say, no, I'm going to get back uh, to where, what I lost already. Because of that, I moved into HR, human resource that became my mainstay uh, career while I was in India, bivocational. Never qualified for it, but God supernaturally opened doors for me to work in some of the biggest companies in India without even having a, a, a degree in, in, in HR. I managed to pass that one exam, but it was just a past class in engineering. God said to me this, Chris, if you dare to trust me, I'll dare to prove myself to you. If you dare to trust me, even when it doesn't make sense. Rather than try to fix your life yourself, in that moment of time, are you willing to say, Lord, if this is going to bring glory to your name, I'm willing to let it go. Even if I don't understand at this point of time, if you're challenging me to let go of something that's not right, not pleasing, not your will, as hard as it may be, Lord, I'm willing to let it go. And I'm not going to go on and on with story after story, but like I said, that one statement I had to make several times in my life when I started doing very well in the HR field. You know my story. Big job, cars, hotels, traveling all across India, in aeroplanes and everything. And then from right up there, crashed right down. And again, the question, Lord, Did you build me up so high only for me to crash down? God, doesn't make sense. But I still remember in that moment, I using that same line to God again. Again, when I had to leave my office in 30 minutes, they kicked me out under false accusation. I said, Lord, if this can bring glory to your name, I'm going to accept it. I'm going to trust you. Trust you. And so what is God doing, guys, as I bring this sermon to an end? God is bringing us to a place of trust in Him. God is bringing us to a place of saying, are you willing to let go of what you've been holding on to in order to embrace what He has ahead of you? I can honestly say to you, if what happened in my life didn't happen, if the tragedies of my life didn't happen, I wouldn't be standing here today. I probably would have still been an engineer You know, earning a lot of money, but not fulfilling the highest call that he has for my life. But because I embraced 
with a lot of difficulty, the ups, the downs, the challenges, things that the Lord was saying, let it go, Chris. Let it go. Let, it, let go of the offense. Let go of the people who offended you. Let go of that heartache that's, that's tormented you for years. Let go of that philosophy that you've been holding on to of this is how you should work, Lord. And say, every day is a new day. Not my will. Yours be done. So where I am and what I'm doing, Lord, I'm going to give you my 100%. I'm not going to live my future in my present, if that makes sense. A lot of times, you're only living the future and missing out on the fun of today because we're stressing about what God should be doing in the future. God is saying, trust me. Letting go brings a release. Letting go is liberating. Letting go is empowering. Letting go says, Lord Jesus, if you said, do not worry about tomorrow. What you're going to wear, what you're going to eat, what you're going to put on your feet. I'm going to let go of worrying about all that. And I'm going to trust you. Let's arise this morning. Let's arise this morning. Amen. Let's give him, let's give him a praise this morning. What is it? He's preparing his end time bride, guys. He's preparing the end time bride. Listen, all of you sitting here, all of you standing are soldiers in the army of God. Soldiers. If you've never heard this before, your first citizenship is heaven, not earth. So don't get caught up with the, the, the way the world would think. Your life and my life runs with a whole different direction. God directs our paths. God directs even when we fail, even when we make mistakes, and even when we mess it up. He's able to restore. Just like Naaman. Just like Naaman. That's the good thing about God. But perhaps this morning, He's reminding some of us, what is it that I want you to let go? Let go. Just take a moment as we bow our heads. Just let the music play for half a minute. What is it? My friend, you will find a great release. A great release when you choose today. Rather than hold on, let go. Holding on to a certain picture. Yes, if God promised something, hold on to that like a bulldog. Don't let go. But if it's us who've built that expectation up, that's what I want to see happen one day. That's my dream. The Lord is saying this morning, the greatest liberation. Let it go. Don't hold on. Lifestyle, relationship, a habit that's holding you back. Perhaps the habit is giving you pleasure right now. But in the end, it will only destroy. And the Lord is saying, let go of that habit. By my power, because I have a better day ahead of you. I'm going to sing that song, Lord, I give you my heart. And in the quiet of your heart, as we just sing, maybe you don't even need to sing that, but just let the Holy Spirit minister. But I know this morning, there are a few people, God is saying, let go of a few things. Let go of a few things. This is my desire. This is my desire.